You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. It's life in football. We are life in football. Welcome to the Life in Football podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Feig. And this your Coles Cole and more. You know we loving life and enjoying football. We got a dominator, uh old school hard no offensive lineman on the phone right now. Now that's what he played back in the day. And he coming straight out of the small but great city of Quincy, Florida. He goes by the name of Brian Smith. Now Brian Smith, he also was known in Quincy as Big Smitty. I know this because I grew up somewhat. He kind of like family to me. We grew up in the same church. I always kind of, you know, like a younger brother to him. Saw him playing ball. He went on to play from Carter Paramo Middle School to James A. Shanks High School, the Northeast Mississippi Tiger to the FAMU Rattlers. And then he, I think he had a little pro experience too. And on top of that, let me give y'all about two stories that is like when you know people, but you kind of don't know them, right? So my first, one of my first padded practice at Shane when we first went full pad, I'll never forget this. We out there getting ready to practice, and we walking around, we getting ready to warm up. This man take a pile of ants and throw them in his helmet. I'm thinking he finna dump, just dump it right back out. I see the ants in the ant bed moving. He throw the ants, I mean, with the helmet right on. They in the helmet. He just, he won't dump it out of nothing. He just throw the helmet right on. Boom, we in high school. Now, mind y'all, I'm in the ninth grade. He a senior at that time. He play offensive lineman. I mean, offensive lineman. I play linebacker, so... It kind of scared me a little bit, and I realized, like, oh, my goodness, I got to deal with this man sometime today, and I don't think I really want to deal with him like that. Because he didn't let me know he on another level with it. Now, my second story, I'll never forget. He at Northeast Mississippi. He come back home. See, this back in the day where all the players used to come home. By the way, he played with Willie Simmons, who's the current head coach at FAMU now. He played with him in high school, and, you know, he went on and the um, guy we got on today, he actually played at FAMU, but he didn't play with Willis M, but he played at FAMU. So when he was in JUCO, he came home. It's raining, thunder, lightning, pouring down. He running up and down the field. But y'all know what that gave me insight on that. This was a guy who was determined for success. And he was that person that the people always say, when you get on the field, you got to flip that switch. But without further ado, I'm going to quit talking and let Seymour bring him on. How you doing, Brian? 
What's up, man? How y'all doing? Great, man. It's a blessing to have you on here. Likewise, it's a pleasure. So, you know, you really got me wanting to know, if you was right there in the hometown of Florida State and fam, man, how did it feel when you went the junior college route and went to Mississippi? You got to tell me about that because you was in a party town and then went to Mississippi. I don't know exactly how it was, but my Juco <laughs> experience, it wasn't no party city. Right, right. So coming out of the mud, man, coming out of Quincy, Florida, man, it was a lot of diamonds in the rough. Uh, only a selected few of us, you know, got a chance to to make it to the big time. You had Rodell Thomas, you had uh, Ricky Smith, uh, Dexter Jackson, you had Abdul Howard, you had Leroy, uh, Leroy Smith, Willie Simmons, Alex Jackson, Ronnie Thomas, and so forth. Me, myself, um, I was only concentrated on football. You know, I did the minimum, you know, to get by in school, but I always just felt like, you know, my athletic ability would uh, take me anywhere. And, uh, you know, with push turned into a shove, you know, when uh, it was time to take the ACT and the ACT scores didn't match the, uh, the GPA, I had to take the JUCO route. And, you know, fortunate for me, you know, I ended up going to a small town in Mississippi called Boonville. And, uh, you know, that particular town, man, taught me a whole lot, man. I, I, I learned a lot about myself, uh, gave me character. Uh, learn how to survive, you know, it, learned, it taught me how to deal with adversity, you know, and especially in the year 2000, you know, you didn't think you would have to deal with stuff that, you know, people in the 40s, 50s, and 60s dealt with, you know, I dealt with some of that stuff too, you know, while I was there, but I take nothing from those experiences, man. They they helped groom and mold me into who I am today. Now, with that being said, with everything you went through being in Mississippi and that test score, because see, a lot of kids today, I don't even think they be paying that much attention that 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 GPA got to match that ACT or SAT to really go where you're trying to go. But good thing you went the JUCO route and still not got. So you still came back and was able to go and play big time ball. How did it feel getting to sign with your hometown school? So um, <laughs> me wanting to come back home uh, was not my intent. The junior college, my my sophomore year, I was a, a highly guarded, you know, highly regarded recruit. And my sophomore year, maybe the second or third game, I ended up bumming both of my ankles. I ended up catching two high ankle sprains, and um, I ended up playing junior college all star game, which I felt like mm, I shouldn't have done it because I did more damage, you know, to my stock, you know, versus helping it. I had a few offers left on the table. It was Tuskegee and FAM. I had some uh, offers from Oklahoma, USC, and, you know, some big-time schools and stuff like that. And my mom my mom and my grandmother were like, you know, we want to see you play. You know, we want to be able to come see you play. And I was like, well, I want to go to Tuskegee because I didn't want to come back home because I had options. And, you know, my mother was like, come back home. And so, you know, you know how mothers are, so. Not saying I chose FAMU by default. I chose FAMU because I wanted to give my family the opportunity, you know, just to see me up close in person. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, Smith, I ain't never know that, like, far as how you yeah. ended up choosing uh, FAMU like that, man. I, and then to know that Tuskegee was in. So, for y'all who don't know, I played at Alabama State. 
and Tuskegee is our arch rival, so I'm glad <laughs> that you came on back home and was a rap. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, Smitty, I know you, just like I was saying, you know how we grew up. See, for the people when I was talking about the uh, the church, we went to a church named Antioch Missionary Baptist Church in Quincy, Florida. Right. And back then, it was almost really like everybody in there was family. I, I, I kid y'all not. It like the whole church stood as one, really. And we had our little section in the back where we sat at, way <laughs> in the back corner. And they kind of saw us at adolescence and like, like we were the bad people, but in a way, they knew, you know, we were still teenagers and kids. Right, so, right, right. so let the people know how it was for you growing up and, you know, how, how things was, like, just as far as your family and just growing up in Quincy. Man, you know, coming from Quincy, like I say, it's the mud, man. You know, we all grew up with humble beginnings. And uh, we both come from, you know, strong spiritual backgrounds where our families, you know, instill going to Sunday school and going to church. And, um, you know, a lot of times it was against our better judgment because, you know, on Sunday mornings we wanted to sleep in. But, you know, going to church and going to Sunday school, you know, we were able to, you know, have fun with each other, you know, even though, you know, we was in that back corner, you know, doing our little thing, laughing and giggling, you know, and stuff like that. You know, back in our day, you know, we didn't have, you know, cell phones and social media and stuff like that. You know, we got laughs and giggles, you know, off the muscle. But, uh, you know, just just those particular values and those particular principles that our, you know, that our parents and our grandparents, you know, instilled in us. Like I say, you know, it just helped build character, you know, with us and stuff like that. Now, even back then, you know, we had a older lady named Mother Ella who didn't play. <laughs> y'all, y'all, she didn't play at all. And then they used to have a, a green school bus. They would come to your house. Yeah. And that's stuff I think they should kind of keep doing today, not just that church. I ain't talking about just any y'all, just any church, because back then they would come to your house right. and pick you up right. and bring you whether you was a kid or adult and bring you to yeah, and they're going to start at Sunday school. They ain't going to come get you just for church. They're right. going to come get you early in the morning and for Sunday school after church. Then they go drop you off. You better not miss but, that bus. <laughs> right, right. Now, let the people know how it was too because you played with Coach Willie Simmons in high school and y'all let me tell y'all something. They had a top-notch team. Let me give y'all a background <laughs> of this team, y'all. <laughs> now, I was actually in eighth grade, so every Friday, it was almost like church mandatory for me to make to the games. So they had Brian Smith, who we talking on the phone with right now, who went to end up going to FAMU. They had uh, Charles Harper, God bless the dead, who ended up going to Clemson. They had Willie Simmons who ended up going to Clemson, who, who was the quarterback and not a hit fam, you head coach. Ronnie they had Thomas. Ronnie Thomas, Clemson. who ended up going to Clemson. They had a guy by the name of Michael Jackson, who went to Troy. They had another guy by the name of Jamal Hope, who went to Troy. They had another guy, Danny Young, who went to Troy. They also had his brother, Donnie Young, who signed to Troy. They had a guy by the name of Michael Everett, who signed to Louisville. They had a guy by the name of Deontay Fagg, 
who signed the fam you they had a guy by the name of Vaughn, Big Vaughn, they call him. He was the center. I think he ended up signing the Tuskegee. Yep. They had another guy by the name of um Calvin Haynes. Oh, Calvin Haynes. He went to Tuskegee. I mean, he went, yeah, I think he went to Detroit. What hey, what 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 did name was? What they what they called? boom uh cowboys or what they called? Cowboo, yeah, cowboo. So, and then on top of that, they had Leroy Smith, who signed to Florida State. Yeah. Hold on. I forgot anybody? Uh, no, I think you covered. Well, hold on, hold on. Cha-Cha, I forgot about Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha ended up going to Juco, but ended up going to Delta State. Right, right, right. Um, let's oh, see. Oh. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm trying to make sure I ain't forgetting nobody. I think I think you covered everybody. Oh, Alex, Alex Jackson, he went to Georgia. Oh, I know I can't believe I forgot about him. And, and he was one of the biggest recruits on the team. Alex Jackson right. went to Georgia Bulldogs, and he started as a freshman, y'all. Right now, that's just a little background. That's a lot of night. That was one team, right? North Florida, Quincy, Florida, baby. One squad. All them guys end up signing the autumn program. So just give us a little background on how it was for you and those guys, you know, playing and having that great season y'all had. So so believe it or not, Fig, there were some hard hitters. There were some hammer knockers before me, and, and I got to give credit to them. I got to pay homage to them because they helped mold the, 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 the monks. They helped mold the, 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 the beast that was within me because, you know, I was a I was a little cabbage patch to them boys. <clears throat> you had Cabo Vaughn, you had Sharswood, we call him Beatty, Thad Walker, uh Ernest Jakes, uh Urban Sailor, we call him E. T. Like those boys then, AJ, Alex Jackson, like all those boys, they helped mold me, you know, into you know who I was, who you saw. Now, people ask me all the time, like, who was your favorite football player? And I tell them hands down, I have two. One is Willie Simmons and the other is Deion Sanders. And I say Willie Simmons because in the eighth grade, Willie Simmons was a he was a natural born leader. You know, he didn't mind getting our face, slapping us in the head and, you know, yelling at us and telling us to get our behinds in line. And he earned my respect at a young age. And, you know, just being able to protect him like I took pride in protecting my quarterback just because I felt like, you know, if you hurt him, you got to hurt me. And, um. You know, just playing with him, man, it was just, man, it was something great because I, I knew he was great. I knew he was going to be iconic. And uh, and that particular squad, man, to me, that there'll never be another squad like that that'll ever come through Gadsden County, in my opinion, just because we were all some, some, some hungry, driven, determined country boys, and we were all on the same page. And, um... Those those days, those times, those memories, man. Like, I I I take them to the grave with me. Now, with you playing with knowing Willie Simmons that whole way through, and to see him now, did that did that surprise you or shock you that he ended up being fam? You had man. It shocked me by surprise, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a little story. It happened along the lines. You know, with the paperwork and stuff like that, and, and man, we was in practice. Man, we was practicing. It was me, him, and Ronnie, Ronnie Thomas. We, we were all back together, and we was about to reform that magic. 
and uh, something happened along the lines, and, and, and Ray and Ronnie were, were deemed disqualified. And I, I kept a bitter taste in my mouth with fam because I felt like they screwed me over from playing with my boys again. Lo and behold, 20 years later, who would have thought he'd have came back and become the head coach, you know, you know, of the school where, you know, things didn't go the way that we thought it would be. For me, I, I just thought it was like, it, it was awesome, man. Like, I, I get chills thinking about it. I see him on the sidelines doing his thing, man. I, I, just, I just think it's awesome. Now, my last question for you is, you really made me think about it. You said mom wanted you at fam and the family wanted you at fam. My cousin ended up signing with Florida State in 98 because his folks wanted him at fam. But he always told me, I don't know if he wants this on record, but I'm going to put it out there. He always told me he should have went to Ohio State or Michigan. <laughs> Do you feel you should have went to Tuskegee? Well, I'm going I'm to I'm say yeah and no. I'm going to say yeah because I would have been more focused, you know, on my craft, you know, because I, I wouldn't have been at home having options, you know, hey, you know, Quincy and Tallahassee just skipping a hop away. So, you know, for me, if I would have just been isolated like I was in Mississippi, you know, I'd have, I'd have concentrated, you know, more on my craft instead of just being like, oh, man, let me go back home and, you know, and be the current hometown hero. I would say no, because my grandmother was, you know, and it gets me emotional because my grandmother just recently passed away. I seen my grandmother from the field walking all the way to the stadium, you know, to come watch me play on homecoming. And me choosing fam you that particular time was the right thing for me to do because who would have thought you'd see a 70-some-year-old lady walking up to the top of Bragg Stadium just to see her grandson play? Now, we got to get this in here because the information is vital. He played, Ryan Smith played for the legendary coach Billy Joe. So could you give us some insight on how that was, like even just getting information about playing that fam and how was it playing that fam, you know, because around our, our town for Tallahassee and now in HBCU, everybody know a hey, Billy Joe, he legendary. But for y'all who don't know, back in the day, Fam, you game used to be sold out, and Florida State game used to be sold out, but it was on the same day, close to the same time. So we we saw Fam you a different way right, for right. just growing up around here, cause it was it was a big like family event as well. So give me that that experience how I was playing for Billy Billy Joe, and you know just playing at Fam you. So always playing for a coach, you know that came from. A professional background, you know, he was the fullback for the uh, for the uh, New York Jets. You know, he had an opportunity to uh, play with Joe Namath and and Herm Elwes. You know, just to name a few guys. Uh, Billy Joe was a he had an intimidating presence about him, and uh, and me at that time, you know, I, I I was a young big guy, you know, with a swagger, with an attitude, and you know, he was one of those coaches where you. He, he demanded, he commanded respect. When he talked, when he spoke, you knew to be quiet. When he talked, you knew to listen. Um, very knowledgeable. Um, very knowledgeable. Um, 
he 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 was one of those old school coaches where you know he did not play, and you were bought the family to do two things. You know, you were bought to to play football and get your education. If you couldn't do either one of those, then he had no use for you. Um, and speaking on the black college experience, you know, now black college is finally getting is 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 just do is finally starting to you know get his flowers, and um, you know it's a lot like I say you know it's a lot of diamonds in the roughs. You know, in uh, HBCUs, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they just don't get the opportunities coming from small, small cities, small towns. And, you know, not saying they have to settle for HBCUs, but, you know, they end up turning to HBCUs. And, you know, some of those classic games, man, like between us and Bethune, we could pack the Citrus Bowl with 80,000 people. And you got another 30,000 just outside tailgate. So, you know, for ESPN finally now to show some of those classic games, like, you know, HBCUs finally just getting they just do, but playing in front of 80,000 African-Americans and a couple of Caucasians, man, it ain't nothing like it. Man, that was great. Now, for y'all, just to give y'all a little background, he is married. You know, he, he, got a, he has a son that has some issues and I'm going to let him speak on that and give y'all some information and, and how, you know, he, you know, still being motivated to make sure he does for his son and the things that they have going on currently. So, uh, my son, he's 10 years old currently when he was one years old, um, he had a heart transplant. Uh, when he was born, he was born with a uh, genetic disorder called Barth syndrome. During that time, there were only 50 cases classified in the United States, and there were only 100 cases classified in the world. So you, you would say, wow, those are some odds. And I, I firmly believe his mother and I, we were chosen, you know, by God to be his parents. Um, my son, single-handedly, wholeheartedly, is my driving force to get up every morning to go work two full-time jobs, one at uh Shans Hospital and the other one is at a um, at a uh, juvenile uh, facility program. And uh, he 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 by my driving force, uh, you know, to get up and 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 go make a living for he and I. Uh, he still faces some challenges today. You know, he's immune compromised. Uh, even with the coronavirus, you know, how it is, he's a bubble boy right now. So, you know, he stays in the house and, you know, there's been a lot of adjustments and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of critiques with, with, with day-to-day living. But uh, the Barth syndrome that he has, it's a rare genetic disorder. Not a lot of literature on it. You have doctors in the UK and in Australia uh, taking blood cultures, blood samples, you know, just trying to figure out a cure for it, you know, for him. But uh, I, I, I love him to life. And, you know, if I were to lose him, you know, you, you can go ahead and, 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 and cancel me out, too, because I, I, I can't live without him. I can't be without him. Well, y'all heard it right here, man. That's Brian Smith, a legend in my eyes. And he did his thing, y'all, in high school football with one of the top offensive linemen. Sometimes I feel he didn't get his recognition that he deserved. But I'm telling y'all, for me to y'all, this was a top-notch ball. I got to see him live and in person. <laughs> Even when he played with Ray Ray now, I love when, when they team was playing, to me, it's like how Clemson and Alabama playing now. Like, I, I had to see. I don't care what they were playing, from Jacksonville to Quincy, Florida. 
I had to see this team play. My mama would 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 pretty much stand on what I'm saying right now. And then when I got to high school and see him play and actually seeing him in them trenches and he man, it was he was a monster. I got to see him play at FAMU as well. So I'm telling y'all, this is a true dog at offensive line. How Deion Sanders always be talking about, man, we gotta get some dog. We got he was one of them, trust me. But I'm going to leave y'all how I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down. I guess you will fall to the ground. This is Life of Football Podcast. Catch you. Try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football.